Hey guys, today we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and as we get started here, I want to remind you what the subject of this book is, and that is Christ and his cross are the unique solution to all the problems in the church. So 1 Corinthians, like Tino pointed out in episode 1 of this book, is a book full of problems. It's a messy book, and I was thinking about it like uh, Romans is the cookbook, but 1 Corinthians is the messy kitchen. And while we may love Romans with the uh, beautifully photographed (laughs) picture of the meal and the uh, very clear step-by-step instructions and ingredients needed to produce that dish, we often find ourselves in the messy kitchen of the church with flour on the floor and egg yolk on the counters and no meal (laughs) ready. The encouraging thing about this book, though, is that it shows us that every problem is an opportunity to discover a new aspect of Christ. So Paul is just showing us um, different aspects of Christ, 20 aspects in this book. Uh, For every problem, God has one solution. That is Christ. And chapter 4 answers the question, how does the supply of Christ come to us? And the answer is, it comes to us through stewards. So in chapter 4, Paul is rounding out his... uh, his address of the first problem that he's talking about here, which is division. And it's interesting because Romans ended with the church as the ultimate product of the gospel. Remember chapter 16, local churches with uh, many, many people there. Well, first Corinthians begins with the, the greatest problem in the church is what could undermine the church. And that is division. So Paul's been showing a contrast in chapters one through four with different types of attitudes to have in the church. Uh, the, the wise or the foolish, the strong and the weak, the selfish uh, and fleshly or the spiritual. So when we come to chapter four, Paul's going to show us three images uh, that describe what kind of persons the church needs today. So that is number one, a steward. Number two, a spectacle. And number three, a father. A steward, a spectacle, and a father. Okay, let's look at these one at a time. First in verse one, Paul says that a man should account of us in this way, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. All right, what is a steward? A steward back then was somebody who managed a wealthy household and was in charge of distributing the resources of that house to all the people in the house. So Paul says, this is what we are, and this is how people should think about us. How do people think of you? Do they think that you're a person who is set up in God's house and uh, in charge of distributing the riches of God's house, that is the riches of Christ, to people around you? Well, that's what Paul says we are. And here he says we're stewards of the mysteries of God. This refers to Christ and the church, which is the Bible talks about uh, the two main mysteries in God's plan. Um, Christ is to be experienced by us as our life, and that experience produces the church. And this is what we've seen so far in chapters 1, 2, and 3. 1 and 2 was on Christ as the wisdom of God uh, for us, and chapter 3 was all about the building of the church. So again, Christ experienced produces the church and that's the kind of person we should be uh we should be that in god's house distributing that enjoyment 
experience of Christ to others for the building of the church. Paul says here that the main characteristic of a steward should be faithfulness. In other words, if you hire someone to do a job, you want them to do it. And God wants us to be faithful to distribute the riches of Christ to those around us. Now, if we do that, we'll come to experience point number two here, which is a spectacle. So this is in verse 9. Paul says that, I think God has set forth us, the apostles, last of all, as doomed to death because we have become a spectacle to the world. So in this section, Paul is showing a contrast between how the Corinthians were living and how the apostles were living. And the point is that if we are faithful stewards in God's house, then that often leads to conflict with the prevailing culture. It's because the gospel confronts the culture. The gospel critiques the cultural values of the day. And, you know, if we believe that Jesus is Lord, if we believe Jesus is Lord over every square inch of life, then eventually you're going to have a conflict with people who don't believe that. And the result is persecution. Now, for us today in the West, that's probably not going to be physical persecution, but certainly it shows up as a kind of a cultural opposition to Christianity and the gospel. And, you know, in these verses, Paul says, um, the world thinks we're fools. And I think we all know that the, you know, the, the world thinks Christians believe in fairy tales or nonsense or that the Bible is repressive or outdated. And the danger is that we would do like the Corinthians did. They uh, bought into that worldly wisdom of the culture and began to live in line with its values. And if this is our case, then like the Corinthians, the only thing that the world can see in us is its own reflection. And that is a divided people puffed up with their own self-importance. So that's not what we want to be. We want to be like Paul. Paul says he was a spectacle. And again, this was not a pleasant term back then. It it referred to the last act in the amphitheater where the worst criminals, or in this case Christians, were thrown to the lions. um, And they were watched as a spectacle. But the really interesting thing here is the Greek word for spectacle is theater. And that brings up a very interesting point. And that is, when the church is faithful to its stewardship to dispense Christ for God's church, then the world has the chance to see in us something that it may not see in any other way. And that is how Christians react to persecution, to insults, to scorn, produces a theater of the gospel where the life of Christ is being lived out again in in today's world, in contemporary scenes. And this is exactly what Paul says. He says, when we are reviled, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure. And when we're defamed, we exhort. This is exactly the way Jesus lived. And the fact that the church is living it out, uh, living out the life of Christ shows that the church has become a theater in which the life of Christ is being uh, acted out and and observed. So the world will see a faith and a hope and a love and a joy even that is unexplainable by worldly logic. And so that points to a source beyond the world. They're seeing the mystery. They're seeing the mystery lived out. 
All right, the last point here is a father. This is in verse 15. Paul says, you, have, you may have 10,000 guides in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. You only have one father. And this is Paul's call to them to remember their, their, how they're connected to him. He's their father. He's saying, this is dad talking. Don't forget who you really are. Don't forget where you belong. Don't forget whose DNA you're made of. And Paul is calling them to remember that the life of God has been passed on to them through the gospel, and therefore they should imitate dad. They should live out the life of Christ that Paul's living out. And this is the shaping power of family. Paul says, I want you to remember my ways which are in Christ. That's in verse 17. So we all have spiritual parents in the church who passed on God's life to us and to whom we can always look to remember how to live in Christ and not according to the world. And also, I would say we need to seek to become this to others because nothing can dethrone ourselves and cause us to grow up faster like becoming a parent. Parents live for someone else, and this is exactly what the church needs, life-giving patterns. So in this chapter, we've got three powerful images for who we need to be in the church today. A steward, dispensing the riches of Christ, a spectacle, living out the life of Christ, and the theater of the gospel, and a spiritual father, passing on the life of Christ and being a pattern of that living for others' imitation. Hope you enjoy this today. We'll see you tomorrow.